The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I learned from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so one of the things, this is just uh, on a side tip, right? One of the things I tell our leaders and uh, uh, pastors in general, those of you who feel uh, called into the ministry, is that uh, uh, to, the, the only way to be successful uh, in, in pastoring two ways, you know, the first one is you must genuinely want the best for the people you lead. Amen. And uh, the second and most important one, as equally important as the first one, is uh, that you must have an abundance mindset. Can I get an amen? And so what I mean by that is don't hold on to people and don't hold on to things. You know, release and God will send more stuff and more things. That's why, you know, giving is such a big part of uh, being successful in ministry. Man, we give our best people. Amen. And, uh, and uh, it's uh, bittersweet like what Pastor C said, but we know that as we saw them, you know, God will send some people just like them. Man, if we could get just four who are exactly like them, pray. We, at this point, we just want a refund. <laughs> we don't want, we don't want uh, uh, and, you know, hundredfold. We just want four who are just like them. You know, we'll, we'll be all right. Amen. And that's, that's what it's about, amen? And so today, we want to start a new series. Uh, we, I'm calling this one The Born Identity uh, or The Born Again Identity. You know, you want to uh, grow in your born again identity and uh, uh, grow in the fullness of what the Lord uh, has, has for you, amen? And so, uh, you know, sometimes as believers, we use uh, these terms and it can become uh, just... Uh, you know, Christianity or Christian jargon uh, that we use, uh, religiosity and uh, things of that nature. But, but truly, the Lord wants us to experience these things. And uh, so, so you, you bring some understanding uh, with it. And so the, 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 the idea of growing in your identity, simply put, is growing in your knowledge of who Jesus is, growing in your knowledge of what he did for you at the cross. Amen? And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And, uh, you know, in, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 3, uh, for the very first time, you know, we see uh, uh, the story of redemption, and God introduces this story as a type and shadow of what was to come, our redemption uh, that Jesus uh, gave us, right? And so in Exodus 3, the Lord sends Moses to Egypt, Egypt to, to redeem, if you will, set the children of Israel free. And uh, while he's sending him, you know, Moses said, uh, when I get to Pharaoh, when I get to the children of Israel, who should I say send me? And, you know, that's the first time we ever hear of this name. He said to him, go and tell them, I am send me. I am that I am sent me, right? And that name I am is Yahweh. It is the God who redeems, the God who sets people free. Amen? And uh, we fast forward to the New Testament. Just keep that in mind. I am. Fast forward to the New Testament in John chapter number 8, uh, verse 58. Jesus reintroduces uh, this name and Jesus is declaring his deity. Jesus is 100% man, but he is also 100% God. Amen? And so I know some other religions, they say, yo, we, 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 we subscribe to the teachings of Jesus, and they want to relegate Jesus to just being a prophet. You know, many religions in the world, uh, they can't help it but acknowledge that Jesus existed because there's so much uh, historic evidence that Jesus existed, right? So they can't really uh, deny the fact that he existed, but they deny his deity, 
They say, but he's not God, he's just a prophet. But Jesus himself said this in 58 while he was answering the Pharisees that were accusing him of, uh, you know, using a demon to cast out a demon. He said this, he said, uh, before I, I, I came, Abraham was, was, was so happy to see my day. And they said, but Abraham is uh, so many thousand years old. How can you, they say, now for sure you have a demon. And he said this, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, what he was saying was, I'm the one who created Abraham. I'm Yahweh. And so Jesus then, uh, verse 59, then they took up the stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Watch this now. Going through the midst of them and so passed by. So Jesus kind of disappeared and just went through them and <laughs> didn't see him. It was, it was nice. Amen. And, uh, but Jesus then... Uh, 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 reintroduces this name, I am, in seven different places, uh, only in the book of John. Only in the book of John, uh, he begins to attach different personalities uh, to this name, I am. And these different personalities reveal what Jesus wants to become in your life. And, and all of these seven different personalities, the seven I am redemptive statements, all of them are life-giving. And he's giving life to us. And so Jesus came that we might have what? Life and have it out more abundantly. And so uh, in one place Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What does bread do? Uh, bread gives uh, nourishment for sustenance. He said, I am the light of the world. What does light do? Light gives life. Uh, he says, I am the door of the sheep. And if they go through me, they will find eternal life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd gives up his life for the sheep. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the true vine. And if we are plugged into the vine, you know, as branches, we get to receive sustenance from the vine. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at all these different seven I am redemptive statements with the hope that you will be established in your born-again identity. And I'm telling you, when you are established in your born-again identity, uh, uh, you know, some really neat things begin to happen uh, in your life. Amen? And so, let's go to John chapter number 8, verse 2. We're going to read from verse 2. John chapter number 8 from verse 2 to 12. He says, Now early in the morning he came again, Jesus, into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery, uh, and when they had set her in, in, in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in, adu in adultery in the very act. Now, 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 we know that one person can't commit adultery. It takes two to tango. Uh, but, but, you know, when you're dealing with religious people, they always prejudice a certain group of people. You, you, one of the ways to really identify a religious spirit is that it just prejudices a, a certain group of people. And in this instance, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes would prejudice women, right? Uh, and, and so we see that a religious spirit is in action. And so, and so they proceeded to say this. This woman was caught in an act of adultery, verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded as that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that he might, they might have something to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And so Jesus starts writing. And, and no one knows what he wrote. I believe personally that he started writing uh, their own little dirty secrets in this specific area of adultery. And so they thought they were righteous because they were not caught. So they didn't realize that the standard is not being caught. The standard is, 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 is to be holy if they were to go with the law of Moses. And so I believe Jesus started writing their little girlfriend's names on the ground. You know, Pharisee, Jacobos, <laughs> Desh, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> 
starts writing them. Starts writing them down. And, and he didn't talk to them. He just wrote it down. And he says this, verse 9. He says, then those who heard it, who heard what he had written, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. So after he finished writing, Jacobos, Jacobos just there, uh, you know. <laughs> one by one. He just waits until your name is put down. Oh. <laughs> and so Jesus, I mean, Jesus said humor, right? This is, this is fun. <laughs> and, and, and they left one by one, beginning with the oldest. So Jesus even had order in it. He said, okay, we're going to start with it. Because he doesn't start with the young ones. Because then if the young ones leave first, the older one could lie and say, no, my name never came up. So he starts with the Pope. And all the young ones can see. Uh, <laughs> he's right there. And so, and, so, and so he starts with the old and oldest one. And, and, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus has raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman and said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, None, my Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then in verse 12, Jesus spoke again and said unto them, the disciples, I am the light of the world. So he reintroduces that name again, redemptive name of God. He said, I am the what? The light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. Amen. And so we live in a time where there is gross darkness that covers the earth. And I mean, it doesn't take much to see that people are uh, walking all over in the darkness. And this is why they're bumping into so much stuff. I mean, people, people are, are walking clueless. They don't know what to do and to, to get solutions. Uh, that's what darkness represents. It represents ignorance, right? And, and, and when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's talking about he is the absolute life and he is the absolute light that gives life. Amen? And in this instance, you know, uh, darkness also represents spiritual death and the sin that it produces. And when we follow Jesus, uh, we get an opportunity to walk in the light. Amen? And, and, and Jesus becomes the light that shines our path so that we don't walk as those uh, that are in the world. Uh, you and I don't have to walk in darkness like the rest of the world, you know, bumping into stuff as those who are without God. You know, we, we can walk uh, boldly. You know, I've learned this, that when I, when I walk in the darkness, I'm not as confident and as bold as when I walk in the dark. You know, we get to, you can practice that, you know, before the week is over, we, they're going to throw you some darkness for practice session. You know, I've already arranged that. Amen. <laughs> so when you get home, it's going to be nighttime. I mean, it's, it's dark, right? You, you, can't, you can't get around, even your house, even a familiar environment, and, and you bump into stuff. Man, I've bumped, I've knocked my knees, I've knocked my shins, I've knocked my ankles in, in the dark. And, and, but when the light is switched on, all of a sudden I'm confident again. And, and whenever you see Christians who are unsure... Uh, Christians who, who lack confidence and boldness, they, they're not taking advantage of this personality of Jesus that he's saying, I want to come into your light and become the light of your life. Amen. When you receive Jesus as the light, man, there's going to be confidence, even in your heart. He says this, he says, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we will have confidence and boldness with God. Amen. Man, you can tell a believer who really has a revelation uh, of, of, of the Lord that they're going to be confident and bold. Amen? Jesus, it says in Luke 2.32, is the light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So is, Jesus becomes the light that gives us light so that we can uh, uh, walk and navigate this life with, with boldness and confidence. Amen? So let's go to Isaiah chapter number 60. We're going to make this practical. Isaiah uh, chapter number 60, we're going to read uh, from verse 1. Isaiah chapter number 60, uh, from verse 1 to 3. And this is what it says in Isaiah 60, from verse 1 to 3. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord 
is risen upon you. Now, this is a prophecy that was given to the city of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, that's what it says in Isaiah 60, 14. However, the things that are spoken here also apply to us because Galatians 4, 26 tells us uh, we are the heavenly Jerusalem, uh, uh, the church of God. We are the heavenly Jerusalem uh, of God. Amen. And so God is saying to us, we need to arise. Hunt your neighbor and say, arise. And shine. Now, I went to a camp many years ago, and, uh, you know, the, the youth pastor, you know, got up to preach, and he, this was the uh, theme for the camp, and the camp uh, theme was to arise and shine. You know, we even had t-shirts that said arise and shine, and so, I mean, they preached hard. I was convicted uh, before the camp was over with. I said, man, I want to arise and I want to shine. And so I went and I spoke to the leaders. And I said, but uh, I, I, I subscribe to what you're teaching. All that's left for me is for you to tell me how. I want to know so I can get back home and start arising so I can shine. I like the shine part. And so I wanted to arise. <laughs> to which they said, well, uh, just do what we are telling you. Arise and shine. I said, I'm ready to do it. Just tell me how. They said, Arise. I said, I want to arise. Just tell me how. And they said, you have a rebellious spirit. Amen. That's what they said. They said, they said I wanted to arise so much. And they said, you have a rebellious spirit. But, but, but what is it to arise? Uh, uh, that's the question. That's, that's the question we bring to the jury today. The word arise in the Hebrew means to awake. It means to be enlightened. And this happens in our soulish realm when we renew our minds. And, and, and because believers are a sleeping giant, right? And God is calling us to arise, to awake to the realities of what Jesus did for us at the cross. Can I get an amen? And the, the, the analogy I use for this is we're talking about Jesus and everything is going to be centered about, around Jesus, right? The Son of God. And, uh, you know, in different parts of the Bible, it uses Jesus as, uh, uh, it uses the sun, S-U-N, the bright morning star, right? It's talking about Jesus. Uh, it uses that as a, as a type and a shadow of the sun, S-O-N, uh, Jesus. And just like the sun, Jesus is, is, is giving out something. He's pushing something. He's pushing the light so that we may shine. Amen? Just like the sun, Jesus is pushing out something. Amen? I said amen. amen. And what tends to happen is that, uh, 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 you know, uh, the church over here, uh, uh, you and I, we, we are like the moon. Right? We are like the moon. Uh, but, but, but sometimes... Uh, with the moon, what happens scientifically, right? With the moon, the moon does not generate any light of itself. Uh, what, what you see in the evening uh, when you see the moon, you know, shining, it, it's not any light that's coming from the moon itself. It's a reflection of what the moon is receiving from the sun. We're talking about scientifically. Similarly, God has not called his children, the church, over here to generate any light of itself. All he's calling us to do is to be positioned with Jesus to a point where we become the reflection of who he is. Can I get an amen? amen. But what tends to happen is that, you know, sometimes uh, this is the earth. Sometimes, you know, uh, we get a quarter moon. Sometimes we don't get a, a, a moon at all. We don't get a moon at all. And sometimes it's because, you know, the, the moon is hiding behind the earth. There's an obstruction. The, the sun is still shining. In other words, Jesus is still giving the light. But sometimes you just don't see it on believers because they are so drawn into what's happening here. They're just so consumed by the natural circumstances and by carnality that all they see in life is what's happening on the earth the world system to the point where they never get to position themselves for jesus so they don't get to be the reflection of what jesus is pushing out to which he says arise if you arise you are going to shine why because you're going to be exposed to the light that's coming from the sun but 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 how do we how do we arise how do we arise? That becomes uh, the question. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 5. 
Let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter number 5. You see the sun here, the, the S-U-N, uh, is, 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 is so powerful. That's why it says over there in, uh, in Isaiah chapter number 60, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord, someone say glory. glory. It says the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And he says this, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, verse 2, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory shall be seen on you. See, when you arise, there is a reflection that will be seen on you, and he's calling that the glory. He says the glory of the Lord shall be seen on you. But you, you, you see, the glory of the Lord can't be seen on you while you are behind here, focused on what's going on in the stressed out about what's going on over here, just focusing on it. You get up in the morning, the first thing on your mind is what's going over here, how you can navigate the work situation with bosses and aligning yourself with this one. You've become carnal like the rest of them. And that's not how you're going to let his light shine. You let his light shine on you, his glory to be seen on you when you come up here. In fact, one of the ways to see if someone is really positioned in their mind uh, uh, with Jesus is that they become the fixer. I, I call it the fixer or the solutions provider. There are two kinds of people in the world, problem uh, uh, causers and problem solvers. Over here, because of what you're focusing on, it turns you into a problem solver. And it turns you into a victim of circumstances. Because whatever you focus on will start to have an effect on you. Instead of reflecting the sun of God, you start reflecting the, the, the nature of the fallen man. And so you become a victim. Everybody, it's always somebody else's problem. I was there. I was a Christian. I was in the church. But life was kicking me in the backside and whipping in me in my head. And it was always somebody else's fault. Man, I was so focused on this. I could find something wrong. Something wrong with my life was over here. It's that guy over there. You see that guy over there with the blue shirt? That's, that's him. He's the one why my life sucks. It's that one over there. The reason why my finances are stuck and I, is because of that guy. I was focused here. But once I came on up here, I realized there was so much light shining on me amen. that I could change my situation. Can I get an amen? amen? And so he says, come on up. In fact, if you were to uh, just, you know, look at it scientifically again, he says his glory shall be seen upon you, right? His glory shall be seen upon you. If you look in the, the sun, they say the sun uh, releases, I think, 420 quintillion joules, right? Quintillion, I can't even put the zeros here. It's a lot of zeros. Quintillion joules of energy. And, and if you uh, want to be practical with that, one hour of, of what the sun produces could power the whole earth for a year. Wow. Wow. The problem is not the giver. The problem is we have not found enough capacity in batteries to retain what the sun is giving. The problem is not the sun of God giving light. The problem is not God not giving the glory or the grace. The problem is our heart capacity is so small, consumed, bandwidth consumed by the things of the earth, that we don't have room to receive his glory. Amen. amen. I said amen. To which he says in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter number 5. What did I tell you to go? Verse 14. This is what he says. He says, uh, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, wake up, you sleeper. The sleeper is over here. And he's saying to him, wake up. Hunt your neighbor and say, wake up. <laughs> they may be sleeping on the real though, on the real... <laughs> That's a good one. I was sleeping on the roof. He says, wake up. He's writing to the church. Look at what he says. He says, wake up, you who sleep, arise from the dead. And when you do, Christ will do what? He'll give you light. There's going to be a reflection on you. And all you have to do, all you have to do is to wake up. And how do you wake up? You get enlightened. How do you get enlightened? You start to search the scriptures on two things. What Jesus Christ did for you and what it means for your everyday living. 
It's not that deep. All you got to do is focused on Jesus. And when you're focused on Jesus, his light will be on you and it becomes a shine. It becomes a reflection on you. Don't focus on people. You focus on what that one is doing over there. Oh, they bought a new car. That one, oh, they did. Oh, you, oh, yeah, you're focusing on here. Focus on Jesus and his shine will get on you. Don't get distracted. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, let's go to Genesis 28 verse 16. Genesis 28, verse 16. This is good. This is uh, Jacob, right? He was a sleeper. And, uh, uh, but he awoke. Jacob was over here. <laughs> but thank God he awoke. And it says here, Then Jacob awoke from his what? From his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. Man, a lot of people over here, they don't know what's available. And once they wake up from their sleeper, they're going to be, surely I've been blessed all along. Surely there was healing all along. And I didn't even know it. And so he's calling you to renew your mind. Uh, Let's go to Malachi chapter number four, verse two. And it ain't about the tithe. can't even teach from Malachi anymore. Amen. <laughs> Watch what he says. He says, but, but to those who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat and like a stall uh, fed calves. If you read it in the original, in the, in the NIV, let's read it in the NIV, if you will. Malachi 4.2 in, in the NIV. This is what he says. NIV. But Uh, For you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his rays and you will go out and frolic like well-fed cows. In other words, you will go out and look different. You will go out in unspeakable joy. Well-fed cows, they jump around. They, 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 they don't look tired. They don't look scared. I mean, they jump. Have you ever been to the rural areas and seen a calf, a well-fed cow? I mean, it goes about frolicking. And he's saying that joy will be as a result of his light shining on you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. We're going to read from verse 18 in the, in the Passion Translation, if you don't mind. Ephesians chapter number 1 in the Passion Translation. This is so good. It's going to help you. Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 18 in the, in the Passion Translation. There's a glory uh, that God has for his church. And every time you see the word glory in the Bible, it's talking about the infinite uh, a power of God and his resources that's available for the believers. In fact, every time you see the word glory, you should think. You should think this. You should think 420 quintillion jewels. That's what's available for you. Can I get an amen? amen. And so when he says, uh, my God shall supply all your needs according to his glory, he's talking about an infinite nature of his resources. Can I get an amen? And that infinite nature of his resources, it's not going to come from here. It's going to come from when you're positioned over here. You begin to receive uh, of his provision. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so he says in, uh, in, in, uh, let's read Ephesians 3.16 and then we'll come back here. Ephesians 3.16, he says, the apostle Paul praying, he says, I pray Uh, uh, that God would grant to you according to the riches of his glory. See, the the glory of God speaks of his riches. Uh, To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. If you read the same verse in the NLT, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. If you're trying to get strength from here, you're going to struggle. You know, we play, we play golf with some of the guys here, and uh, whenever we want to pick on someone and we see they need strength, you know, it's always about getting your, your, your opposition out of the rhythm. You understand? You can't let them beat you because they're going to have street cred for seven days. You know, you can't. There's, just, there's so much at stake. And so, and so we, say, we say, if they eat a bad shot, we say, uh, I think you need a hug. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is, 
the empowerment you need is not going to come from a hug. You need way more than that. You can't be at the level where you're just looking for a hug. You've got to get the strength from the infinite riches of his glory. And that strength is, is, is ever increasing. Can I get an amen? amen. And so, and so if, if, if you read that, he says, I pray God's glorious infinite resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Man, this is good. What I'm preaching to you is good. Let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter number 1, verse 18 in the, in the Passion Translation. Right? In the Passion Translation, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul prays for this. He prays that all believers may live their lives from this place. Uh, where they are reflecting uh, who Jesus is. See, a lot of people are trying to get into behavior modification. God never called any of his children to live a life at the level of behavior modification. All he's done is he's called us to awake to his realities. And when we come up here, we start to become a reflection of Jesus, watch this, without even trying. The fruit of the Spirit will be seen on your life, watch this, without even trying. You will become generous without even trying. Can I get an amen? When you're up here, you become the solutions provider without even trying. Why? Because you are a reflection of Jesus. God hasn't called you to, to behavior modification. You know, I, I, my kids, two of my uh, kids, they, they love music. And every time when we're going to school, we get to, we get to play. I only have two kids, amen? We get to listen to music. And, 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 and most of the time, you know, they don't ask for, for church music. It used to bother me. They say, Dad, please put Jojo Siwa. And I put that thing. And in the beginning, you know, being a pastor and I want to sanctify them in the Lord, I'd say, George, that's of the devil. We won't play music like that in my car. And then the Lord rebuked me. He said, why don't you show them Jesus and Jesus will become a reflection and it will change their taste buds. He says, don't try to get them into behavior modification. And so now what we do is, uh, well, in the beginning, we used to play all 100, you know, percent uh, uh, Georgia Siwa. But now what we do is that we play 50 percent Georgia Siwa. And they say, okay, pastor, uh, pastor. They would say pastor when they want to annoy me. They say, okay, pastor. <laughs> I say, I ain't no pastor. I'm dead. They say, Pastor T. I say, I ain't no Pastor T. I said, when, since when did you demote me? They say, hey, Pastor T, call pastor. I say, I ain't no pastor. I'm dead. And so we now play 50% uh, uh, church and 50% Georgia. So I, you know what? I like some of that Georgia C. Well, I won't lie to you. Somebody... <laughs> so so, so, so I, some of it is good. I'm like, man, this is good. But, but God hasn't called you to behavior modification. <clears throat> Amen? God hasn't called you to make yourself a tither. Uh, I must make myself tithe. No, God has called you to come up here and if you reflect the true light of his son, you become generous. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And so what it says in, uh, in uh, Ephesians 1 verse 8, watch what it says. And we're going to close. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Man, time is flying. He says this. He says, uh, uh, if you smell what they're cooking outside is the Bruvos Rose, they're going to be selling them after church, okay? But just, just hang in there. We'll be all right. Amen. I'm about to finish. He says here in verse 18, watch what he says. Look up. Look up. Don't get distracted. He says, the Apostle Paul, he says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. In other words, he wants your, your imagination uh, to be full of his light, uh, to be full of the glad tidings. You see, you can't allow your imagination to be full of defeat. Amen. That's so good. Your imagination should be uh, full of his light, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. One of the ways to tell if someone is really positioned up here is that they are full of hope. Hopelessness is a sign that you've been spending too much time here. Because that's all you're going to get from the earth. Yeah. When you say, ah, 
I just don't know. In fact, uh, uh, this, this, this was so good. We went to the pastor's conference, minister's conference in England, and Andrew Womack was teaching, and this is what he said. He said this. He said, he said if you are impressed by me, you are focusing here. He said, because if you were up here and you saw this, you would not even be impressed by me. And so he was calling us to come up here. Can I get an amen? amen. He says, you may have a, a full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth. Someone say wealth. You never see poverty in these scriptures. He's talking about wealth. He's talking about glory. He, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. Why? Why, why does he want to do this? Verse 19. Watch this. Verse 19, uh, I pray that you continually, someone say continually, not just December sometimes, you know, bonus time. No, continually, not just Monday, Sunday you're up, but Monday defeats you when you, when you snooze that, that alarm four times Monday morning. Before you even left the house on Monday morning, life had already defeated you. Circumstances are, are overwhelming you. Come on up! Amen. Just one Amen. <laughs> Over here, he says, immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to who? To you. To you through faith. Then, someone say then. Yes. This is the ultimate destination. Then your lives, when you're up here, will become a what? I didn't hear that. A what? This is the goal of all of this. When you come up here, your life will become a true, genuine advert. Of what the power of God can do to a believer who's positioned to be a reflection of Jesus' light. It's not a fake advert. You know these uh, skincare companies, first age? They go find someone who already has nice skin. <laughs> these these, uh, these uh, lose weight companies, these ones. They already find someone who's thin. You know, and they want to... Tell us this is a slimming tea. Man, I've been drinking that. You can drink that tea all you want. You ain't, you ain't no. Uh, uh, Sipo, Sipo, you know, you, you gave me this oil. Uh, Sipo gave me this oil. He said, Pastor, this oil will make your hair grow again. I said, how do you know? He showed me a picture. I said, man, this guy, this guy already had hair. He was trying to fix my hairline, you know. <laughs> I, I, I took that thing, I put it in the house. And my wife started using it, and, and my wife is a woman of faith. She was like, it works. I said, man, that thing, that thing doesn't work. And so God wants your life to be an advert. God wants your life to be an advertisement of the power of God. God wants your life to be an advert of the power of restoration. People will come to you and God will use you in advertisement of what it looks like to go through a divorce and get full restoration and more. But you can't do that focusing on how she moved on. Now she's with John. Oh, she's having a good time. I must throw the spanners in the works. No, come on up. Man, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You start thinking about Jesus. We sing about it, right? I speak who? Jesus. In the morning when you get up, you should be thinking about Jesus and what he did for you at the cross. Man, you walk into that job, you're going to be the solutions provider. You're going to become the solutions expert. You know, when I was in the marketplace and I really enjoyed my time there, I was never one of those people where if someone came up with a crazy idea, I'm already shooting it down. There are people like that. When, they, when you spend too much time here, they call them macro, environmental, socio-economical. You are focusing here. Uh, socio-economical, socio-political, geopolitical. When you're focusing here, if you have a problem for every solution. Market risks, yeah. When you're focusing here, God is saying, come on, let's do something crazy. You're saying, yeah, but I need to do a SWOT analysis. Strength. 
come on. God is saying, launch into the deep. Lay down your nets for a catch. But we must do a SWOT analysis. Strength, opportunities, uh, weaknesses, and threats. The threat is we toiled all night. The strength is it's Jesus. But, you know, there's more. We toiled all night. So, ah, uh, Jesus, we're not. No, we're not, no, we're not launching into the deep. Come on. You need to come on up. And see solutions for every problem, not the vice versa. In fact, you know, some of uh, my leaders, I tell them, don't bring a problem to my office. If you, if you are employed, <laughs> you, you are employed to solve, to solve problems. So why are you bringing them to me? I may as well fire you so I can, you know, do the work. You know, get solutions. You get solutions. God has called you, you know, and, and, and man, when you come on up here, I'm not saying you're going to all of a sudden, but he will make you attractive and some of the solutions will come to you. Just uh, two months ago, you know, we found out that there was this new way of doing audio uh, that they have in the world. It's going to make the audio sound like uh, 50 times better. It's called Dante, right? It's a software you connect. Uh, we've been doing audio analog for all these years. I'm talking about the audio world, right? And now they introduced this where you do audio uh, digital. So it was going to take our worship and everything we do here just to the next level. And it was as if the more we did research around it, the more we got confused. That's how deep it was. I'm getting confused. I called Marshall. I said, Marshall, we need to do research on this. You would come back and we'd sit together and we are seeing it from completely different perspectives. And we went and saw three guys. The other guy works for a sound company and we buy stuff from them. And he told me, he said, this is way above my pay grade. Don't even launch into that territory. He told us, he said, just, just forget it. It's for other people. Now, if you want me to go after something, tell me that. I like that. You tell me it can't be done, I get excited because with God, all things are possible. And so we went and saw another guy. We were told this guy is the expert. We drove for 30 minutes to go find this guy, Cliff. We sat down with him. We asked him three, four questions. We looked at each other with Marshall. We said, This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and then, you know, I had Pregan here. He came to me and he said, you know, my brother-in-law, pastor. And I'm saying this to say, if you are wired for solutions, God will bring the people. Yeah. And so he said, uh, pastor, my brother-in-law, he's going to help you with this Dante thing. I said, are you for real? He said, I said, where is he? He said, he's in Florida. What's he doing in Florida? He says, he works for, for uh, uh, Disney. <laughs> I started to get excited now. You understand? I said, okay, because they don't hire just anybody. And so I said, let me meet with this guy. And so Marshall and I, we went and we met with this guy. And we, I asked him, I said, so, so this is the history. We've met with three other guys already who didn't know what they were talking about. Why should we listen to you? He said, because for you to understand Dante, this is what he said. It's called uh, so, uh, 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 humility, right? But it's uh, modest uh, uh, humility, right? It's, it's got a little bit of modesty in there. But, you know, the brother is talking. Uh, but he, he's not really bragging because he's just telling you who he is. I said, why should we listen to you? He said, Pastor, it's going to take about five years to get a master's in sound engineering and not level one, not level two, but level three Dante for me to even, you know, uh, give you what I'm, and I've got all that. Okay. And so we took out our notebooks. We said, okay, now it's time to, now it's time to learn. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying to you. Within 30 minutes, he had given us all the answers that we needed. 30 minutes. And so if you think solutions, God will bring the people to bring you solutions. But if you're focusing here, thinking macroeconomic environment. <laughs> how different is that from the world? Now let's close with this. Let's close with this. Second Corinthians chapter number 3 from verse 16. Uh, is this helping you? Yes. Someone shout, Jesus is the light. And I am a light. In this, world. in this world. That's how it works. Jesus is the light and you become a reflection of Jesus. Some people, the only Jesus they'll see is you. Amen? Amen. Now, this is good. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 from verse 16, New King James Bible, if you will. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. But when you focus on the veil, you can't see the Lord. So don't turn to your problems. Turn to the Lord. 
Don't turn to your circumstances. Turn to the Lord. The veil is removed. Next verse. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is liberty. Next verse. Verse 18. I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> verse 18. But we all with unveiled faces. Now when you come up here, now you can see the full glory. You can see the full uh, reflection of the Son of God. When, when you wake up in the morning and you're meditating Jesus. What did Jesus do for me at the cross? He died for me at the cross so that I could be free. I am free. There's a light that's coming on my life. There's a glory that's on my life. When you realize that, watch what it says. You behold with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And you are being transformed into the same image. When you're up here, you start to reflect Jesus. And the reason I dwell on this so much is because Jesus was a marketplace solutions provider. When the people came to him and they said they were hungry, he said, you feed them. He didn't say send them to the, you know, to the doctors. He didn't say send them to, you know, he, said, he was the solutions provider. When they came to him and they said people were sick, he said, bring them unto me. And if you are a true reflection of Jesus, you become the fixer. Can I get an Amen. And he says this, beholding as in a mirror, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Someone shout, I have the glory. Have the, glory. the infinite nature of his resources is abounding on the inside of me. Today, I make a commitment to focus on one thing and one thing only. And that one thing is Jesus and his light. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Pastor C was sharing that testimony. The other colleagues focused on what was going on. She chose to focus on Jesus and what he could do through his power. And it turned the whole situation around. Who are you focusing on? See, because if you focus on man, you're going to struggle. You're going to have a limitation. You got to focus on Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, one of the things we've always done and uh, I tell our leaders to do is, is don't focus on people. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what God is, is trying to do through you. And you allow Jesus to flow through you, man, he will make you an advertisement. Amen. Someone shout, I'm an advert amen. for God's glory. For God's glory. Amen. amen. You know, when I go back to my neighborhood, I'm an advert. And I stand before people, I'm an advert of what God can do. And in the next uh, 10 or so days, we're going to be preaching all over the U.S., in Arizona, in different places. And uh, we're going to be preaching in Denver, Colorado. And I had people calling me from Missouri, from Ohio, trying to get me to uh, preach there because they, they want the adverts in their town too. And I told them, I can't come this time around. We're going to push it to 2025. Man, I've already started filling up this thing, this diary for 2026. Man, God's start, his reflection starts shining on you. You ain't got to do much. It will come find you. And here's a man who's never had a business card. Never had a business card. I never had ever, never ever had a Tafara Butai Ministries website that talks about me and what I can do. All I do is just position myself over here and allow Jesus to be a reflection. Just like I told you, I stopped trying to whip my kids in line. All I can do is to be a reflection, be the Jesus to them. And the more they see that Jesus, they say, Dad, we kind of like what you like. What kind of music do you like? And I show them, I show them. And I started doing a research clip these days. I, started, I put together a playlist of a good house music. Because I realized, you know what, if we're going to win this battle, I better find something nice. Because some of the Christian songs, they just, they, they're not nice. You can't dance to them. They just, you know, some, they're nice for us old people, but, you know, you got to. Young people, they want something. And so I said, you know, we're going to find something. And they like that, that playlist. Talks about Jesus from A to Z. I say, play that one, Dad. And I played for them. They played that one. And I played for them. It's because they, they, they now see this guy, this guy is genuine. He's authentic. He ain't, he ain't fake. He ain't looking at He ain't perturbed. He ain't panicking. I never, we never panic. 
COVID hit, we never panicked. We were just chilling out, as, as chilling out as we could be, and they were still going on play dates, and people would call us and say, man, you're sending your kids to play dates? They say, yeah. They say, why? They say, because we are reflecting the light. The light will burn all that stuff up. He said, we want to open the school. Uh, who's ready to bring the school kids back? We were, we were also just tired of homeschooling. We were tired, tired of homeschooling. Before the email landed in our room, we said, yes, we are bringing them to you. And other parents were calling us. They say, but aren't you afraid? Afraid of what? When you're up here, they ain't none to be fearful for. But when you're down here, oh, for sure, you better be afraid. Someone shout, I'm arising. Someone shout, I'm awaking. Someone shout, I need to be enlightened to this glory. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you, Father, that only one thing may matter in life as they go through and navigate through life. And that one thing is Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father. That they may not allow their hearts to be preoccupied uh, by the challenges of life or the challenges of a natural, a carnal way of living. But Father, that they may just focus on the redemptive uh, power and the redemptive work that Jesus uh, did for us at the cross. That in the morning, we think how glorious it is that Jesus died for us. That there is so much glorious power available for healing. There is so much glorious power available for peace. There is so much glorious power available for opportunities. There is so much glorious power available for resources, for finances. And therefore, we will do well. Thank you, Father. That none under the sound of my voice will be discouraged. Even as circumstances try to overwhelm them. Lord, I thank you, Father, that they will go back into that word and start, and start encouraging themselves in the Lord. Start reading about what Jesus Christ has done for us. I thank you, Father, that as they do that, they will arise. They will wake up. And just like Jacob said, they will see what's already been there and they didn't even know it. Man, isn't that a powerful thing? Isn't that a powerful thing, what Jacob said? He said, man, surely the presence of the Lord was here and I didn't even know it. Man, when you arise and you awake, you realize how powerful you are. The power of God is already in you and some of you didn't even know it. The resources of God are already in you. You just didn't know it. But it's time. Someone shout, it's time. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.